Hello and welcome to another episode of These Are The Days, America's Only Happy Days Podcast. Three hours behind me is Mrs. C. Hello, Arthur. How are you? I'm doing fine. And of course, we have Chuck. Who? Exactly. How are you, Scott? Uh, I'm objecting, is how I am. <laughs> season three, Manana. season three, Manana. Manana. Someone ah, season three, Manana. Jeff and Scott and Mrs. C, with Blanche and John, the crew, with new movie. It's so much fun that you'll have, have to pee. pee. It's gonna cure your apathy and ennui. It's the Slumgullions, we're still booking guests on the Slumgullions, you're not getting Yes, folks, we are finally back. We are joined by Mrs. C. And while and we are tonight, we are talking who? Exactly. Aren't we above that? No, we're not doing that joke. Even though we already did, we're not doing it anymore. It is (laughs) our Doctor Who recap. As some of you may remember, we got to the first two issues, episodes. And then we got sidetracked by life and projects, but we are back and we have a wealth of Jodie Whittaker to catch up on. Did you guys uh, rewatch the older episodes or do you vaguely remember Rosa and Arachnids in the UK? We saw Rosa. We did? The Rosa Parks episode. Yeah. Oh, I. you know what? I didn't like it. So I blanked it out of my brain. Really? Well, let's start there. Why didn't you like Rosa since that's the next episode? Let, let me jump in first, because this this is my one complaint. Let me get it out of the way, and then you can go on with your many more nuanced complaints. While we're watching <laughs> it, and the woman who's playing Rosa Parks, no complaint about her acting. But when she started in with that accent, I said to Mary, she's British. Yeah. This is taking me back to the bad old days before Brits actually knew how to do American accents. The sort can of pre- house day, and they would default to some syrupy, magnolia-scented southern accent because that's that was the easiest thing to fake, and it always sounded fake. And she was doing a I have never been in the U.S., let alone below the Mason-Dixon line <laughs> southern accent. And I said, I don't mind her as an actor. She's fine. She's got a lot of gravitas and she's got a terrific screen presence. But dear God, this accent is going to drive me to distraction before this episode is over. Now, that was my Mm -hmm. biggest complaint. A lot of the uh, episode had things to recommend it. So I will take a breath and let you guys talk. My issue, we've had some Rosa Parks movies and biographies and things very recently. So I thought it was redundant. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's for a primarily British audience. Yeah, so this is this is something I always have to try to remind myself because, okay, Gosh. here's the other, here's the other thing I disliked about it, and the other thing I said to Mary at the time, as much as I enjoy Doctor Who, I don't look upon it as documentary quality footage of quotidian life in Britain. It's a sci-fi series for kids. The thing about Doctor Who that never fails to irritate me is that it never gets America or Americans right. Yes, it's like. Have you ever been here? Have you ever met one? It's like everyone associated with Doctor Who once met a Canadian and thought, that's eh, close enough. I'm good. Or they saw an after school special about Ruby Bridges. They don't have those there. <laughs> they they have something like that, I'm sure. I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that they did it and that they used historical personages and 
I mean, as a Doctor Who episode, it was fine, and I liked the villain. I, I liked the, the uh, fluidity of his motivations. They were difficult to pin down. You didn't know how much of a villain he was going to be, um, what his what what was driving him. But then it turned out it was just he's just a white supremacist from the future. And I'm like, all right, this is the most depressing. Yeah. This is the most. Dep- I mean, the doctor, Doctor Who was basically showed the heat death of the universe. It's basically showed, you know, Earth with with all life exterminated. I mean, it's shown some dark stuff in its history, but the fact that we're still going to have Nazis in the fiftieth century you. just makes me want to cry. Yeah. See, unfortunately, me being the cynical me, I had no problem with that whatsoever. Oh. I'm like, yeah, it makes perfect sense. C- cynicism is a, is a useful set of armor to wear. <laughs> <laughs> wish i had some you see i do understand the complaints but i gotta say her, the the accent only bothered me for like maybe her first couple of scenes but by the end of the episode i was so, by the middle of the episode i was so into it i didn't care and there were two things that did it for me well there was one well, i know two things that for me in the first half that made me totally on board with this episode all right. One, I really loved the fact that, especially in the first hour, they did not whitewash the racism. They could have very easily gone a little Disney, not bad phrasing, but they could have gone a little Disney with it. And you guys both know what I mean. And um, they didn't. They they kind of, forgive the pun, literally smacked you in the face with it. It was them making a statement. And I was like, OK, let's see where they go with it. But the scene, the scene that cemented the episode for me and it had nothing to do with Rosa Parks or any of the actual plot, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It was the entire sequence in the hotel when Team TARDIS is trying to figure out what to do. Right. And she's writing on the wall and everybody's throwing in things. I fucking loved that. There was just something about everybody spitballing ideas and the doctor. Okay, this is what do we know? What do we know? Okay, this is what we have to do now. You do this, you do this, you do that. And then the interference with that annoying is fuck, oh my God, in the heat of the night, Sheriff. And yeah. once again, once again, Graham. I fucking love Graham. He's turning out to be one of my favorite characters. The way he was reacting to the cop. I just, that entire sequence, I loved. And then from that, going to Yaz and, um, and what's, uh, Ryan, outside talking about racism, going back into the hotel. That entire sequence to me, I just, I've loved everything about that. The writing, the acting, what it kind of meant, the whole idea of the quote-unquote Team TARDIS. That sequence worked for me. My problem was, not, uh, not that it was preachy. That's the word I was reaching for, and it's not the word I want. It was so earnest. It felt a little bit presentational, like a like a TED Talk explaining to a British audience uh, American-style racism, which, uh, granted, is, is more virulent than many other uh, national leading brands of racism because, you know, it's American and we're number one. But... It's like you, you're you a new student at a school and you were in like AP calculus and they're making you sit through introduction to algebra. Uh-huh, it's uh-huh, like, uh-huh. You, you know what I mean? Can I say, I felt like it was Saturday morning cartoon. Live action. No, Saturday morning live action. Rosa Parks. It was just, I mean, I guess because I don't know why. It just, it felt, hey, look. 
here's Bigfoot and Wild Boy, and they're helping out Rosa Parks. Right. Like, like somebody was... The, the, oh, so, the, there oh was... I'm sorry. There would be nothing in Bigfoot and Wild Boy that would be that would have been as cool as Team Tartus talking in that hotel room. I just like seeing them plan. I enjoyed watching those characters. I, I will not... I will not deny that, yes, the Oliver Stone mighty hammer of pretentiousness. How's that for a callback, folks? Um, Reared reared its ugly head. But for me, the Doctor Who characters balanced it out. I I understand why you like that scene in the hotel, the motel. And I kind of did because usually the Doctor just says, aha, and then runs around in a frenzy and his companions are gasping and panting as they, exactly. as they struggle to, to catch she up. She actually, the doctor actually wanted, you know, um, her, her companions' opinions this time and wanted them to talk. And that, that I just thought that was really kind of cool and something that we really haven't seen much of. She seemed very much like a teacher at that time. Well, that's that's the what I didn't like about it. It felt like I was, because I've been in way too many conference rooms where somebody who shouldn't have... A, a dry erase marker was standing up at the whiteboard. <laughs> it's just like, oh, really? Why Is, are you in charge? What the do, hell? Yeah. Does this really need to be an all staff meeting? Do, do I really have to be here? <laughs> One thing I do like is the fact that they are kind of dragging out what a big adjustment it is if, in, with this regeneration. I, and, and it's only partly, it seems, because uh, she's, she's flipped sexes. But, I mean, she's still uh, the one we saw, the last one we saw, the the Saranga conundrum. She's still having issues. She's still having gaps in her in her yes. memory and and is still adjusting to who she is. So if the new if this personality is more collaborative, that's great, because I'm kind of tired of just watching the companions pelt along after the doctor so they can be there when the clever reveal happens. Yes, yes. It was kind of nice to see how Graham and his stepson, how they were reacting to, they're from a place where yes, never happened, where people weren't being told, you can't sit here. The two other things that gave me a giggle, the scene where the doctor's confronting the um, guy for the first time and they're in that, like, I don't know what the fuck that place when they're standing on top of the big pipes. I really liked that scene because there was one moment, I think there was a moment when, 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 she's, when she said, don't threaten me or don't threaten me again. And just for, for the briefest of second there, you saw the doctor's dark side. And we've been, we, we've been seeing Jody, you know, doing the flighty stuff. And it was nice seeing her get that, the darkness of the doctor. And that's the first time that we've seen it, I think, was in that episode. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And what gave me the warmest fuzzy, I I was so shocked that they did this, the way Ryan got rid of the baddie. I honestly thought that he wasn't, I thought he was going to come back. I really thought that he only sent him like away for a few minutes. He was going to show back up because he didn't know where he sent him. Like he was going to show up and there was going to be a big confrontation at the end. Because to be fair, that's typical Doctor Who. Yeah, we really didn't. We did not get the big confrontation with the baddie. It, it reminded me of, you know what? Zap. I just thought that was really cool. Why did they have to have Rosa Parks in it? Because it's a lesson. We have to have hammered into our heads. See, that's what I don't like. That's an accept. That is an acceptable argument. I, I when the episode came out, this this particular episode, I remember when it aired, got a a lot of. Well, I, I won't say flack, but it was definitely the most controversial of the new Who episodes so far. Here's what I think is going on. I agree with Dave Probert. 
he was he was talking on Twitter about people who were complaining that the villains are weak and one-off and and unidimensional, and he was saying that they're trying something a little bit new in his opinion. Yes, they're not focusing on a big bad. They're focus that that the the big bad, if there is one, the villain is thematic. It's it's yes. it, it's. I'm sorry. What he said was. I hope I'm not misquoting him. His theory is the big bad this season is an ideology. Oh, I miss I miss that. Uh, I'm have to go back and look for that. It's essentially hatred and and xenophobia. If Dave is correct, I think that's a terrific and timely direction in which to take the show because there's no question that we're hip deep in a swamp of sadness and anger and bigotry right now. And it's only getting worse. And since so much of our political discourse is controlled by moneyed interests, art is one of the best ways to air these issues, to remind people how far we've come and how easily we could slip back. Uh, and, and Rosa Parks is absolutely a, a worthy subject, absolutely deserves to have her achievements and her place in history celebrated both in documentaries and in drama. But when you take someone like her, who, who meant so much to to so many people and who is very much a part of living memory. I mean, she only died in 2005, I think. Uh, and, and you drop her in the middle of a sci-fi show where people are shooting time lasers at each other. I, I don't mean it, it, it necessarily trivializes her life. I, I, the story itself, the show itself treated her with great respect. But it's not like, you know, Star Trek hauling in Abraham Lincoln. Since you brought up Star Trek, I will say this. I like this episode. I liked Rosa a hell of a lot more than I like Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. I knew you were going to say that. You <laughs> Of course you good. I'm glad you did. I knew that was coming. To be fair, I, I, do, I do want to throw this out as well. I watched both. Um, I've been watching New Who with my mom because she was all excited about seeing a female doctor as well. So I bought the season on Amazon so I get the new episodes the next day. Mm-hmm. And um, we watched Rosa and Arachnids in the UK as a double feature. And mom absolutely loved Rosa. She actually was a little misty-eyed at the end. Wow. She, it, 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 hit her, it hit her, I think, exactly the way they wanted it to hit people. And I'm not going to lie. It, it did for me, too. Like I said, thinking back on it, it was only after... I watched it when I started thinking about it, when I realized the Oliver Hammer pretentiousness actually was there. When I was watching it, I totally bought I totally bought it. I was into the episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I said, the only problem I had watching it was their accent for about the first 10 minutes. It quite it, it very much was afterwards when I kind of went, oh, okay, now I'm starting to understand some of the complaints, but I enjoyed it, so oh well. <laughs> but it still was a very special episode. <laughs> very, <laughs> very true. Very true. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Arachnids in the UK. Now, go this one. I knew this one was going to creep me the fuck out because I hate spiders. Yep. Yep. I absolutely despise spiders. I love watching I'm spider things because I like broaching that fear. It's why I ride roller coasters. But I knew this one was going to get to me. And holy crap, this episode got to me. <laughs> I have been trying to like spiders. My mom was a spider like Okay. She always told me spiders are the best pest control. That's true. And I would always tell her, Mom, you're going to be known as the old spider lady at Halloween, 
and kids are going to come up and it's not going to end well. <laughs> but um, I'm trying. And I feel like this particular episode kind of, I felt, I kind of felt. It set you I way liked, back. It well, set, I it was set scared. Mm-hmm. It set me back. It did. It did. I wasn't dead. It did. But I did like how she definitely felt some feeling <laughs> for the big spider. I, it's, I, it's, I have to admit, it was weird that I actually felt bad for it at the end. Well, and there's physics. I love how they yes. brought physics into it. Yes. That was, I, that was, when that, when that happened, I went, oh my God, that makes, holy, wow, okay, cool. This is and, why big spiders can't exist. Because they don't have lungs. Uh, the, the, two, the, the two things that I would like to mention about this, why I mentioned this to Scott already, but Arachnids in the UK is the episode where I officially came on board with Ryan. I absolutely love Ryan now because of <laughs> Arachnids in the UK, because of one stupid little thing that... Some people didn't even notice. Mrs. C, do you remember in the scene when they're in the um, in the science office and she's learning about and the doctor's learning about everything and she winds up drawing the big web which connects to the hotel? I yeah, a little bit. It's, it's the it's the big exposition dump sequence. Well, in that scene, at one point in the background, you see Ryan just fidgeting around, and he sees a light going up against a wall, and he starts making shadow puppets. Yes, I love that. They and the fact that they never referenced it, nobody noticed it. It didn't become a thing. It was just it in the background, awesome. and they moved on. I just went, okay, I love you now. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I actually had to that. rewind. I had to rewind that just to make sure I was seeing what I was actually we seeing. We did too, right, Scott? We we, we, we rewound did. and went. We did actually. I didn't say anything. I saw it because I was looking for it since Jeff had alerted me, and I just wondered if I wanted you to experience it, see if you notice it on your own, and you did. And so we we rewatched it. And yes, I was I was Team Ryan uh, at that point. And then in the next episode, he completely ruined it and went back to being the... Uh, uh, we'll get to that. But yeah, for that one brief shining moment, I was just like, oh, yeah, that, okay, that's so cool. And also, I, I Chris Noth, fucking Chris Noth, man. As Donald Trump. He's so I, great. I kind of hope his character comes back. He actually <laughs> did, he actually did a better Trump than Alec, uh, Alec Baldwin Bob. does. And and he didn't. He wasn't doing uh, any of the impressionist tricks. Yeah. He was he was doing it solely with cadence and a little bit of of um, vocal tone uh, and attitude. And I thought I thought okay, this is this is a great performance. This is I mean, you're really evoking who you're supposed to be doing without him coming out and saying it. Um, and the fact that his character hated Trump just made me giggle as well. Yeah. So thank God they hired him. I hate to be, see the 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 the, ep, the the season that's trying to to make me realize that xenophobia is a problem is making me xenophobic because it's. <laughs> I, but thank God they hired an American because if they had some Brit trying to do Trump, it would have been. Oh, that- have been the worst. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, it's, I think even then they knew. I'm pretty sure they said we have to get an American for this part. I'm pretty sure we can't keep hiring Ed Bishop. 
the other thing that I really liked about the episode was I loved how the way it played out. I loved the f- I loved how they introduced uh, Yaz's mom and the fact that you didn't know who she was when she got fired from the hotel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was just some random person. And when Yaz gets the call to come pick her, I'm like, oh, shit, connecting plot points. That's really kind of cool. I-, I enjoyed that look at Yaz's family. That was just a fun monster episode of Doctor Who. Exactly. And that's something that I loved about Doctor Who in the past. When they had a monster episode. And to be fair, we also had to deal with Graham going home, which, oh, that killed. It did. It killed me. Graham going home and seeing and, and seeing his wife again. I was just like, uh, we had to I, I knew they were I knew they had to do it, but still I was just like, I don't want to watch this. I like him too much. Well, see, what they but the way they did it was kind of confusing because uh, oh, all right, is he senile? Is is it has his travel through time and dimensions and space uh, uh, allowed him to see the dead? I mean, what exactly is going or is it just a typical memory uh, that see, you I, see people in movies? Is it just that storytelling device? So I, it was a little I vague. Just, I took it as that storytelling device. And why was he not at all freaked out to have to find come back and find his house uh, occupied by spiders? I would be freaked out uh, by that. His, his, I mean, I get uh, that. I get that Graham is sort of phlegmatic. Like but that mom. was taking it a little bit too far. Okay. Like my mom. That, that that's very popular. Like I said, I know I, I know lots of people who house, there are spider webs everywhere. <laughs> and I do <laughs> and I do have to say, I did I I was wondering how they were gonna do the um Okay, everyone's back. Everyone can go home now. Who's is anyone going to stay? Are they going to keep going? I like the team Tardis scene at the end. Even and I also thought it was interesting that for the first time we had the doctor going. You better be sure you want to do this. I did like. Usually that. it's the doctor like, come on, it'll be fun. I like the. Are you yeah. sure about this? This you've seen already. This could get dangerous. Are you sure? But then the shitty grin on her face as soon as as soon as they said, I'm sure, I was like, yeah, she knew that's what they were going to say to begin with. But what I liked about that scene was, and this was what I love about Jodie Whittaker's performance now, the scene at the beginning, which like, oh, well, I guess it's time to go. Her playing that I don't want to leave, but they're not saying anything. I don't want to ask these people. I don't know them. Uh, what do I do? And then as soon as they you want to come to my place for tea. Yes, tea with yes. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I really liked what Jodie Whittaker was doing at the beginning and the end of this, just for like care for the doctor's character, this doctor's character development. She she was needy, which the doctor usually will not stoop to. Uh, but she's David like, worked, though. Oh, it was fine. David Tennant's character is a little bit like that. Mm. At, at the end, before he regenerates, I'm, I'm sorry. His yeah, I'm sorry. His finale that was beyond needy. Whatever you say about David Tennant, we've had this discussion before. I fucking hated his exit. I hated his exit well, so I much. I liked his exit. I was so... All of the like other him. generation... I, I understand. I like David Tennant, too. Don't get me wrong. But there was something about that last 15 minutes saying goodbye to everybody. It's like, yes, I know. We get it. The most popular new Who and the guy who brought, brought Doctor Who back are leaving. Russell T. Davies and David Tennant are all going. I get it. That's where I thought the, the mighty Oliver Hammer, Stone Hammer, Hammer just came out just on the, we're leaving. You'll never see us again. Nanny boo-boo. So we're we're going to make it as much about us as we possibly can. The I don't want to go. And then the way the TARDIS almost exploded, that's never fucking happened before. That was literally, we're, we're, we're leaving and we're taking our toys with us. Nah. Well, that that brings, was, let's talk like, about the TARDIS. That brings up an issue that Mary had with the Saranga conundrum. Now, is that the next one? That's the next one. 
Okay. All right. All right. Well, well. is there anything else anybody wants to say about arachnids before we go into the conundrum? No, it's full of spiders. Let's leave it alone. Okay. I felt, I felt bad for the big mommy spider. I agree with you on that, but it was still a spider, so and, and it wasn't its fault, but I am still kind of glad that it's gone because I don't have a thing running around hotels anymore. So, <laughs> the Saranga conundrum. Everybody on a station, uh, um, weird, naked, <laughs> weird, naked CG alien. Yeah, it's weird because the oh. way it was, it seemed like a bottle episode. It seemed like, okay, we had we had some expensive CG in, in the it previous did. episode. Yes. So let's, we'll, we'll have one that's set on some, uh, on a ship and we'll just have our characters run around and talk. And yeah, that's fine. That's the price you pay for the occasional spectacle. Right. I have no problem with that, except this, this seemed like a pretty extensive and expensive set. This this ship that they built there 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 was some money spent on that and and they had a CG alien running around eating the thing so a gremlin it, it, yeah as, yeah, as Mary yeah. Potter, it's basically the gremlin from the Bugs Bunny cartoon yep exactly yep which I liked but but you mentioned you mentioned the fact that that this time the doctor kind of gave the companions fair warning are you sure you want to come it's dangerous out there. It's fine, but it's dangerous. Oh, you do want to come? Okay, you heard the dangerous part. Great. Um, I'm gonna now we're now we're gonna go take metal detectors to the beach and look for mines. <laughs> Not quarters. Should yeah? Could 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 couldn't we start with change, Doc? Nope. 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 Mines. Sonic <laughs> mines. Oh, and it's a sonic mine that that that's set off by sonic vibrations. Let me check it out with my sonic toothbrush here. <laughs> and what does she do? She loses her TARDIS again. again. It's like she falls out of it and then she Good gets she Lord, blows woman. herself and all of her friends up and it gets okay. left behind. To be fair, the No, first there's one no being fair here, Jack. Yes, there is being fair here. To be fair, the first one wasn't her fault. She was thrown out of the TARDIS. This one, yes, was her fault. She wasn't thrown, she fell. She was a woman who fell to earth and out of her car. And, and it's like, how many times? but anyway, um, there's, there's some thing, things about Dr. Who that are very, here. yes. There are also, there are also um, things about it that are repetitive, but they're kind of like comfort food. It's like uh, whatever the guy's name was, Axios or the, 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 the chief medic on the, uh, the ambulance, yeah, the, the space right. ambulance Astos. that picks them up. Um, Astos was his name. And Astos. I'm going like, he's like way too nice and helpful. He's going to die. To die. There's not well, even, everybody. there's not even suspense about this. He wear a red shirt. <laughs> he should have. Yes. A red smock. <laughs> and, and it, and it hides yeah. the blood. So, you know, it's really, it's practical too. Um, <laughs> I uh, I like this episode fine. I like the thing with the the older uh, general lady and her pleasure bot Pilot. and her, her brother. Her brother yeah, I and found, how that worked out. I found their little storyline interesting. I was I was intrigued by them. Um, I I didn't. I even kind of enjoyed Graham and Ryan being the pregnant guys, uh, Doolots or Coolots or whatever they were. I would have liked. I would have liked that if it hadn't been so stupid and and they could not they could not be bothered to 
to think it through for a second, how, how a male would give birth. I mean, it's sort of like, well, boys give birth to boys and girls give birth to girls. Oh, that's not how it works how where we come from. Ooh, ick. How does that work? I mean, I don't how even do care. I don't even care about the mechanics of the pregnancy. What bothered me was Mary's going, well, where is he going to deliver it from? And I'm going, well, I'm sure they've thought this through. And then the medic says, all right, we'll cut, we'll cut your stomach open. There's no pain receptors there because, you know, you, males get pregnant all the time in this species. And I go, oh, okay, they didn't think it through at all. Because how would that possibly, possibly evolve? Prior to the invention of cutting edges and stone tools, there's no way that males could have given birth short of their abdomens just rupturing. So that was killing them. Yeah. So it's like, well, why didn't you just, why doesn't he have a a belly vagina or something? They just throw in an idea. They have the whole umbilical cord. Where the hell is that from? (laughs) I'm still laughing at belly vagina. That just makes me giggle. Uh, That's, that's my new band, by the way. (laughs) Belly vagina. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> progressive rock exactly show. this was not my favorite episode so far i i liked aspects of it i did i liked as like i said i mean that i i just i just like any i just like watching graham i think that's what it boils down to when it comes to this because you're right that whole storyline was stupid but i liked watching graham's reaction to it yeah There's even, even when about- he's his range of emotion is so narrow but but deliberately so that that's kind of what's funny about him. Like when he looks over the sheet at, at what's happening with the, the extraction of the, the baby and just, you know, has, oh, yeah. has the, Oh God. And then, well, never be able to unsee that. that yes. And it's just sort of thing. like, it's like, well, that's in my head now. Not yeah. too happy about it. Again, I do like when he kind of confronted the uh, general's brother. Yep. And he said, well, that's for staff only, I think. And he was kind of trying to bring him out and trying to go, can I help you? Is there something you need? Truth. Why are I, you doing this? Yeah, and, and the, the brother basically says, I, okay, I've got, I, I'm trying to decide which of two possible lies I should tell you. And right. he just goes, eh, yeah. you know, truth is easier to remember. And... Uh, and, and he doesn't even say, yeah, when, when the brother lists off why his sister is the greatest military hero in their empire or whatever. Um, and uh, Graham just goes, oh, well, I can see why you feel like a piece of shit. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything. And then he just says, and, and what do you do? You know, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just a mechanic. I love Graham. It's like he doesn't, he, doesn't tr- he never try, tries to make anybody feel better with hollow words. It's just like if no. if you feel like shit like and there's that. nothing to say, he doesn't say anything. I find that refreshing. He'll pat you on the shoulder, but he's not going to say anything about it. I'm cool with that. Yeah, you know. And speaking of of uh, British stereotypes of Americans, that that that's one of the British stereotypes that Americans love the most. The sort of because because we we always talk too much, as witnessed by what I'm doing right now. <laughs> oh, you're not talking too and, much. Thank you. Don't and, worry. Don't worry. We're not going to send you up to bed yet, Chuck. <laughs> oh, <shut laughs> up. Well, you know, I've got Michael Considine from My Three Sons waiting up there for me. We ran off together. That's why we both oh. disappeared from our respective shows. Anyway, there's something about somebody 
who just looks at weird shit and goes, okay. Huh. That's <laughs> kind of comforting in the context of Doctor Who. I think what I, another thing that I like is I like the fact that Graham's an old guy. We've never had an old guy companion. Who wasn't the doctor, yeah. Exactly. Who, yeah, exa- it's always doctor. been the doctor's been old, but we never had an old guy who, who's traveling around, who's, who's part of the family, who's part of Team TARDIS. And I just, I, I, I really like the, um, I just, I like what he brings to the show. He really has become one of my favorite companions. Mm-hmm. Ryan, on the other I, hand, I agree. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan appears to have gotten a prescription for Percocet from the doctor, and is abusing <laughs> it because he is—he's just his speech and his his level of intensity or interest in any scene. His—I mean, he—I I get the fact that he's this sort of inwardly focused guy who can't get out of his own head because he has. Apparently, this neurological problem that they that they introduced with a bang in the first episode, and then completely forgot about it because it doesn't seem to have come up since. Now, have, did, did you, have you guys uh, watched Demons of the Punjab yet? No, Saranga Con- Conundrum no. was the last. one. Okay, so Sarang. Okay, so we, okay, so, all right. So then we have the final four. At least I think it's the final four. I think there are only ten. There's Demons of the Punjab and Kerblam, the Witchfinders. It takes you away, and the Battle of Ranskur are our final episodes. And I apologize. The, the fact that we're not we're we're behind on schedules entirely my fault. I had a project. No, partially I, me too. It is partially me too. I had I had deadlines as well. So we've both been writing. We've both been doing things. Scott's just getting paid for his. So there's a difference. <laughs> right, because it's actually I think a crime when I'm late. I think I. <laughs> I, I'm actually I'm actually in in uh, breach of contract. Je- Jeff is just making himself feel bad because he yes exactly exactly your 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 contracts those things when you get those yeah there's a little more but oomph for that so yeah we do we apologize we're getting back on we're we're gonna get back on schedule we have guests we have some very fun and interesting guests coming up. Yes. We do. Not this nope, episode. Do. Don't get don't get your hopes up. But but uh yes, very shortly, very soon, in the very near future, we got some cool people who will be joining us and sharing Ooh. whatever is in their heads. Not whatever. And I mean I, there's some things I don't want to hear, but Am okay. I one of those people? Well, you're always cool, Mrs. C. <laughs> I'm just looking for you want validation. more validation? You're always cool, Mr. C. How much more validation do you need? No, she, oh, I'm, feeling, I'm uh, glowing. Uh, there's going to be no living with her now. <laughs> and just to just to add to the mystery, you're going to want to check out the website Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Ooh, I'm really? Not, I'm not going to say why. I will be giving the Slumgullion fans and um, some of my old school fans um, a Christmas present this year. Yay! <laughs> and we're gonna and we're just gonna leave it at that. Well, folks, thank. Uh, it was nice to nice to babble both of you again. It's been a while. I know. Wow. I know. I apologized already. I apologize. It was my fault too, asshat. Hey, I'm so. Oh, now we're now we're now we're now we're in a competition for who's most at fault. <laughs> no, no, you're most at fault. I'm just saying. I'm taking a little of it. All right, don't no, patronize it's me. me. It's me. It's me. It's me. No, no, no. I blame Dave Probert. That's fine. He's as not here. As Catholic, I, I, you know, we've 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 quoted as and approvingly. Catholic, I have to say, it's me. <laughs> 
I don't know why that just struck me as funny, but it did. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's funny. Because it's true. True, but we're we're we will, we're going to be back on the regular schedule. Um, we have our next film. In case if any of you guys want to check it out beforehand and send some things in, uh, next we're going to be talking about what I believe is a horror comedy called Cannibal Girls. It involves Ivan Reitman and two cast members from SCTV. Holy smokes! Yes, yes, indeed. Um, Where can been, we watch this? This can be watched for those of you in the know and who have the streaming services on the Tubi TV. Which, if you don't know about Tubi TV, I'm going to give a little bit of a commercial here because a they have commercials and b I kind of like the streaming service. Tubi TV has a lot of weird shit you're not going to find in other streaming services. A oh lot my. of really weird, cool shit that you're not going to find on other streaming services. And Tubi TV is free. Their films are uncut, but you have to sit through commercials. That's the only downside. And if you don't mind commercials, but if you want to see some weird shit you probably haven't seen in a while, I highly recommend checking out the Tubi TV app. T-U-B-I. Dot and TV. There's a lot of dregs and floor sweepings. And there's a... there's quite a few unsuspected gems you do have to search to find this stuff but i have to say when i discovered tubi tv there was a whole day um they they follow me on, on twitter because of this i, I was go I, I found the website one day and i was just randomly posting holy shit they've got this holy shit they've got this yeah my queue is filled up with movies that i can't find anywhere else and i'm very happy just for just for the fact that it has the film version of rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead alone um, also mentioned that the New Beverly Cinema in uh, Hollywood has reopened. It has reopened. Yay! If you go to their website, they have a full schedule posted. Their website is thenewbev.com. Oh, there you go. All right. You might want to mention something that I saw you talking about on Twitter. Oh, the Christmas Smackdown. Oh, if anybody is out in L.A., uh, any of my California uh, people out there, there is something being performed right now. I do not know how long it's being performed. maybe ending like within a couple of weeks, but it's called Christmas Smackdown. It is um, the songs were written by Mark Nutter and Cynthia Carl. Mark Nutter is the composer of Reanimator the Musical. Cynthia Carl was in it, and it features Graham's skipper and several other cast members from reanimator the musical and it is um all i know about it is it's mark nutter and cynthia carl writing christmas songs so i know it's going to be very dark and very twisted and very very funny and their tickets are selling are, are selling out fast so if you're in the area and look up christmas smackdown i said i haven't seen it they've been doing this show for years and every year all i hear about is how hysterical this thing is and I'm pissed that I'm in Ohio, A, because I want to see some people that I actually like again, and B, because I really want to fucking see the show. Runs on weekends uh, from now into until December 23rd. Okay. And, and there's a uh, there are a few audio samples of songs on their website, christmassmackdown.com. And um, if, 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 if you want to know the genius of Mark Nutter, if, if you don't know the name Mark Nutter, just go on the YouTube. This is going to be a great way to, to end the show and look up the song, the baby shredder song. Oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> that will tell you all you need to know right there. 
or or you can go to the Mike and Ike YouTube page, youtube.com Mike and Ike zero one and look at She's Dead Dan and you can see um, the boys speak to Mark Nutter and even sing a little bit of the Baby Shredder song with him. Oh, God. We'll have a link to that video on the webpage. <laughs> and those of you who know me, after you see this song, you will understand also more about me and be why I love Mark Nutter. <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs>